time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, February 15th, 2021. Hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. Uh, you know, my weekends tend to be really quick these days, as I'm sure most of you could relate to. Uh, I work on Saturday, so by the time I get home Saturday night, it's just uh, all day off Sunday, and then, oh man, back to work Monday. So that's kind of my schedule. I'm sure there's a few of you out there who can relate, but uh, not only does time fly, but but weekends sure do pass by quickly when uh, w- when you're working uh, mo- over half of it. So work Friday night, work Saturday into the evening, and then just a, a quick turnaround. Uh, Valerie and I had a nice dinner Saturday night. She made some awesome soup, uh, which was great for the cold weather. And then uh, we, of course, turned on the UFC fight between Kamara Usman and Gilbert Burns. Uh, really good fight, as I told you guys it would be. I, I thought Burns would be able to at least – go the distance and get to this, the judges' scorecards. But unfortunately, he went down in the second round. I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but a, but a pretty good fight, at least the first round, kind of back and forth. I thought Burns came ready to fight, and uh, I was impressed with his first-round performance. Uh, Usman answered, though, big time, not only in the first round, but then coming strong in the second round. And, uh, you know, not a better way to celebrate Valentine's Day with a loved one or, or Valentine's Eve, whatever it is, than to watch uh, two grown men fighting, right? Uh, that's just how Valerie and I are. We, we enjoy watching fighting, and we're still learning as we go. We are far from experts or anything, but it's fun to sit down with the one you love and, and watch people fight uh, physically. I mean, I, I, I think that's what love's all about. That's just wonderful stuff. Uh, no football this weekend, kind of. Kind of difficult, difficult to swallow, but found a way to get through it. Um, we got uh, many months until it uh, it comes back around again, so we're just going to have to celebrate uh, fighting and 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 everything else that's going on. Uh, let's see. I, I, the the fight was was good. I mean, it was quick, you know, but but Usman looks unstoppable, and I really do hope Masvidal gets another shot at him very soon. Uh, he kind of called him out, so. Uh, Hey, my motto is if, if you back up your talk, talk all you want, you know, especially in fighting. Um, But anyway, I hope that fight comes, comes around again here in the near future. Something I thought about, you know, with the fight on Saturday night, I looked at the two fighters standing there as they're awaiting the official decision from the ring announcer or the octagon announcer in, in UFC's case, they're standing there. One guy knows that he has won. He knows it. The, the, the fight was called. It was a TKO, right? A stoppage. The other fighter is devastated. He's crushed. He really thought he was ready. Thought he was ready to go. And he's he's there. He's bleeding. He's he's crying. I mean, he's just, he knows he's lost. And it's really interesting when these fights don't go uh, by way of knockout, when they go to the judge's scorecard and you see both fighters standing there and they both think they've won. That's always very intriguing to me, even though some guys aren't able to look themselves in the mirror and be like, yeah, I probably lost this fight. It happens occasionally, but think about it. My analogy is (laughs) for, for, for us, 
you know, usually all of us have a job, right? We go to, we go to the job or, or people typically, especially your loved ones, they ask you, Hey, how was your day? Right. And I, <laughs> I don't know why that my mind works this way, but I often, or from Saturday night, looking at the fighters, the, the idea popped in my head. I'm like, you know, that's kind of how you feel at the end of a day at work or, or maybe school for you younger guys, or, you know, some of you are still competing or maybe some of my referee buddies, umpire buddies out there, you know, at the end of a game, at the end of a day, if the end of a job, you know, you get home and you're kind of imagine standing there thinking to yourself, wow, how's this decision going to go? Was it a good day? Was it a bad day? Sometimes, you know, you know, by lunchtime, oh man, this is a great day. Oh, this day's terrible. Uh, but I don't know why I thought about that. The, the idea of two fighters sitting there waiting for the the judgment, if you will, the decision. And at times, both of them think, yeah, I had a great day. And then it's like, you know what? I really didn't have a good day. I thought I won. Uh, actually, you didn't. So <laughs> I know I've had that at times when I got home and I've had to like reflect on my day because I get home pretty late and usually I'm by myself. Valerie's asleep. Roommates are asleep. And I do some reflecting I'm like, man, how was my day? You kind of replay it in your mind. And then there's other days where you're just like, no, I need to move on. <laughs> I don't even want to look at that. I don't even want to watch that game film. You know what I mean? I, I got my head handed to me, so uh, I'm moving on. And then there's days where you don't know. You're like, yeah, maybe it was a draw. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know why that popped in my head, but I don't know how many of you guys do that. At the end of the day, maybe just kind of self-reflect or even the week or the year. You know, you hear a lot about this stuff at like – uh, New Year's Eve, right? And this year we all felt like it was a, a big loss in 2020. But that that thought popped into my head, and you know how I am with random thoughts. After seeing the the fight decision and seeing both guys standing there, uh, it, it happens one of two ways. Usually, uh, it goes to the judges' scorecards, and both fighters think they've won. Maybe at times one guy's like, ah, "I don't, I don't think I won," and you could see it on their faces, right? But there's other times where you see that anticipation in both guys like, hey, I thought I won. I thought I won. And, and you know, to, to sum it all up, sometimes you have a great day. You come home and then, oh, no, something bad happens. Or, or you have a bad day, oh, man, and then something great happened. You come home and, uh, uh, you know, something special is waiting for you. I don't know. Uh, but these are random thoughts that pop into my head, guys, as you are well aware of. So sometimes uh, in self-reflecting, we don't know how we're doing really. We think we know, but we don't always know. We, we need someone else to kind of give us the official decision. Uh, another weird topic, you know, on uh, Valentine's Day, Sunday, Valerie was cooking up some uh, cupcakes and she's sitting there making these things. And, and I'm not a huge sweets guy. I, I, I know I probably look like I am, but I try to avoid sweets. Uh, I indulge in other things, but uh, every now and then I'll, I'll dive into some uh, pastries or stuff like that. But it was funny. She's making these, these cupcakes, and we look at each other. I'm like, what is the difference between these and muffins? And, and the debate went on. You know, muffins have this, like, healthier connotation, right? And, and while, meanwhile, cupcakes are like, uh, no, those are bad. Those are desserts. You shouldn't have those. And I was thinking, you know, I honestly think the only difference is frosting. I really do. I mean, I don't know how many banana nut or blueberry uh, cupcakes there are. Maybe, maybe they are, there are, but you typically think of muffin. Oh, I'm going to grab a muffin. I know it's not healthy, but it's it's thought of as like healthier, right, than a donut or something. And it's like, eh, I don't think so. That's basically a cupcake without frosting. So her and I were talking about this and just kind of laughing like, 
you know what? Sometimes you 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 try to disguise something for for what it isn't, and <laughs> it's just like uh, we're not really. There's no difference there. It's just uh, icing or frosting or whatever. So. Uh, anyway, just semantics, I guess. I, but it was a funny thing that I, I thought I'd write down. Again, you know I'm all about random thoughts, guys. Ran, is, is there anything like that in your life where you're like, oh, this, I'm doing something that's actually good for me. And you're like, well, it's not really good for you. It's just disguised a little bit different, right? I'm trying to think of what would be a uh, a good uh, – okay, Diet Coke versus Coke. You know, Coke is full of sugar and calories and pretty bad for you. Diet Coke. Hey, no calories and no sugar, and uh, but it's got all these artificial sweeteners and stuff, right? Uh, I don't know which is worse. I try to avoid both, but uh, that's just something that popped into my head. So sometimes we do things in this crazy world where we think we're uh, making progress, but uh, we're not necess- necessarily making any progress. Uh, okay, so here's the deal for today. I'm by myself again. Uh, you guys are going to hear some of my very strong thoughts and opinions on a lot that's been going on in the world, not just sports. There's not a whole lot of sports stories. We talked briefly about the the fight uh, this weekend, which was kind of cut and dry. I think Gilbert Burns will bounce back and uh, Usman, he's going to continue to have uh, big fights ahead of him. Uh, but anyway, no football. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about a couple sports stories that aren't really sports, but they kind they are, they're sports related. And, uh, but I do think there's a ton of things going on in our country right now that uh, I, I'm going to address and I'm gonna choose my words carefully. You know, I'm. I'm. Look at, I the the, the offend the offended police is, is alive and well in this country. I mean, if you say one thing, people hear what they want to hear. People see what they want to see, right? But there's been quite a few things in the news this past week um, that I am going to address uh, today and give my opinions on. I have probably I don't know five or six topics that I am going to just bounce around and discuss and share my opinions on. Um, that's kind of the plan for today. Uh, but after this, in a couple minutes, we are going to do our weekly segment, Suds with Studs, where we honor heroes on Mondays. We used to do it on Fridays, but I think it fits a little bit better on Mondays now, especially when I'm kind of by myself, just rambling about sports or current events or whatever. So I think it's a good way for us to get our week going, to start our week, start off fresh and and really be inspired and maybe not uh, be so depressed that it's a Monday, but maybe hear a story about somebody in the military or, or law enforcement or whatever that can kind of push us and, and lift us up a little bit. And maybe at lunchtime, even after you guys hear this from me, you know, you guys Google someone's name or look them up for five minutes. And as I always encourage you guys to do uh, about our suds with studs, uh, uh, people that we discuss. So uh, we're going to do that. And then we're going to get into a lot of different topics that I have on my mind. Uh, just in summary, I am going to give my opinion on um, some of the things that went on in the impeachment uh, trial. I'm going to talk about uh, Gina Carano and the uh, the double standards and hypocrisy that Disney has. Uh, let's see. Life without the blue check marks. I mean, what would we do without some of these people's opinions with celebrities and famous people? I, I don't know how we would get through daily life without some of their, uh, their opinions and, and reactions to things. Uh, it seems like they think they're really shaping the country and that, that most of America cares about what a blue check mark person has to say on their social media. Maybe, maybe some people live and die with that stuff. I sure don't. And uh, also last week, the Dallas Mavericks decided uh, or not decided, but it came out that they have not been playing the national anthem at their, uh, their games. And uh, the NBA heard about it and uh, you know, 
told them the NBA is going to have the national anthem played. So I don't do this often, but I would say, okay, well done NBA. Uh, but anyway, I'll dive into that, give some opinions on that. I can't wait to discuss that with Bill Barnes on Wednesday also, because he, um, that was one of his solutions to all this kneeling and everything was uh, just don't play it. And I'm like, uh, I disagreed with it. Now I disagree with it. Uh, now or then I disagree with it now. So, um, I'll talk with him about that, see where he stands, having seen it and seen the reaction uh, from what people have said. Uh, I'll talk about cancel culture, double standards, uh, some of the violent speech that we hear from uh, one side of the aisle, right, uh, and, and then turn right around and accuse the other side. Uh, let's see. And also I found an interesting story about uh, a college basketball team that ended up having to forfeit a game because uh, their – uh, administration suspended players for kneeling for the national anthem. Had they had been warned to not do that, they did so anyway, and then they suspended the players and they ended up forfeiting a game. So I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to all kinds of uh, topics and, and also discuss uh, something. I like to play a game. Whenever you see something in the news, just try to. I like to say the, the the phrase to me is, "Can you imagine?" Larry Elder is a, is a radio broadcaster here in, in L.A. He says that all the time. Can you imagine if the shoe was on the other foot? And he'll flip the rolls and stuff, and he usually goes into that. I, I think it's great. Uh, but anyway, I have a few more things jotted down here that I want to share today and just, uh, I don't know, just kind of speak speak out a little bit and not a whole lot of sports. It's a little depressing the first Monday after no, no Super Bowl, no football, no anything. So there's a plenty of other things to talk about that I will – kind of warm up the week with and definitely chat about some of the stuff with Bill Barnes also. But uh, anyway, happy Monday to everyone. I will step aside and we'll do a real quick Suds with Studs segment before getting into some more random topics and uh, opinions about some of the things that are going on in the United States of America. Well, we start off the week with another segment, Suds with Studs, one of the favorite things we do here on the podcast. Always like talking about heroes and uh, people from the military, law enforcement, people from the past, people from the present. Uh, guys, I encourage you to read up on these people that I mentioned. Uh, but I also ask that if you have anyone in mind you'd like me to talk about here on this segment on Mondays, please, by all means, reach out to us on the podcast. We would love hearing about uh, people that could inspire us and people that, again, are heroes and just... Uh, just just really uh, are, are people that we can uh, be grateful for, for their service to others and, and heroes that, that uh, just exhibit tremendous valor uh, in, in their actions, whether it be one specific event or just a body of work over time. Uh, we love talking about these people briefly on Mondays. And today we are going to be talking about Robert Gould Shaw. One of my favorite movies is the movie Glory. It's a, world, a Civil War movie. And it, uh, it it depicts the 54th Massachusetts Regiment, which was the uh, first all-black uh, regiment in the in American history. And it was in the Civil War, of course, fighting the Confederacy. And Robert Gould Shaw led these men. And the movie, the movie is spectacular. I mean, I watched it. I saw it the other night and I was like, man, it was on again. And every time I see it, I, I get a little emotional. It's a great film. Matthew Broderick depicts Robert Gould Shaw in the movie. And what's great about it is, is he kind of narrates it also while while uh, being the actor. So it's kind of like he's narrating uh, letters that he wrote to his father while the movie's going on. So it's pretty well done. Anyway, 
uh, great film. If you haven't seen it or you've seen it uh, before, just uh, go check it out because uh, it never gets old and just uh, very powerful stuff. Uh, incredible soundtrack too, man. You hear the music and it just gets me going. But anyway, Robert Gould Shaw was an American officer in the Union Army during the American Civil War. Born into a prominent Boston abolitionist family, he accepted command of the first all-black regiment, the 54th Massachusetts. Uh, there's many things that go on in the movie that I'm not sure if are 100% accurate or not. I, I got to imagine that they did their uh, detailed research on this stuff. But he was he was a great leader of these men. I mean, he encouraged them, uh, his officers, they would not take a, a, a pay cut when uh, the U.S. government was going to pay these soldiers less money than white soldiers. And so uh, he told him if, if none of us are gonna, going to be, if you guys aren't going to get uh, full salary, then none of us will. And, and it was just stuff like that where he was a, a tremendous leader. He saw the good in people. He knew that, uh, that everyone had the ability and capability to fight and be a good soldier. And uh, I think he was really a guy that, that truly did believe in his heart and his soul that all, all men are created equal. And so uh, in doing so, he was hard on his troops. He, he demanded the, 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 the best from them. You know, and, and I, I encourage you again, see the movie if you haven't already. It's uh, really well done. Uh, anyway, back to the 54th. Uh, Ghoul led his regiment this, in the second battle of Fort Wagner in, in July of 1863. They attacked a beachhead near Charleston, South Carolina, where Sh- uh, Shaw was unfortunately shot and killed while leading his men to the parapet of the Confederate held fort. Although the regiment was overwhelmed by firing from the defenses and driven back, Suffering many casualties, Shaw's leadership and the regiment became legendary. They inspired hundreds of thousands more African Americans to enlist for the Union, helping to turn the tide of the war to its ultimate victory. Now a little bit of the backstory. Uh, With the outbreak of the American Civil War, Shaw volunteered to serve with the 7th New York Militia. On April 19, 1861, Private Shaw marched down Broadway in Lower Manhattan as his unit traveled south to man the defense of Washington, D.C. Lincoln's initial call-up asked volunteers to make a 90-day commitment, and after three months, Shaw's new regiment was dissolved. Following this, Shaw joined a newly formed regiment from his home state, the 2nd Massachusetts Infantry. On May 28, 1861, Shaw was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the regiment's Company H. Over the next year and a half, he fought with his fellow Massachusetts soldiers in the First Battle of Winchester, the Battle of Cedar Mountain, and at the Bloody Battle of Antietam. Shaw served both as a line officer in the field and as a staff officer for General George H. Gordon. Twice wounded by the fall of 1862, he was promoted to the rank of captain. Since the start of the war, abolitionists such as Massachusetts Governor John A. Andrew urged enlistment of African Americans as soldiers to fight the Confederacy. This proposal was broadly opposed. Many men believed the African American troops would lack discipline, be difficult to train, and would break and run in battle. The general attitude in the North was that African American troops would prove to be an embarrassment and hindrance to regular army units. However, Andrew traveled to Washington, D.C. in early January 1863 to meet with the Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, 
and repeat his argument for the use of African-American troops in the Union Army. Stanton was won to his side on January 26, 1863. Stanton issued an order to Andrew to further raise volunteer regiments to the fight for the Union Army, adding the new recruits may include persons of African-American descent organized into special corps. Andrew immediately set about doing so, and the 54th Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry began to be formed. For the unit's officers, Andrew sought a certain type. Most importantly, he wanted men who understood the stakes, that the success of the failure or the failure of the endeavor would elevate or depress the manner in which the character of African Americans were viewed throughout the world for many years to come. Andrew wrote to many individuals prominent in the abolitionist movement, including Morris Hollowell of Philadelphia and Francis Shaw of Boston. To command the unit, Andrew already had Shaw's son in mind. Andrew, Andrew wrote to Francis Shaw about the need to find a leader who would accept the responsibility of the command with full sense of its importance, with an earnest determination for its success. Included in Andrew's letter was a commission for Robert Shaw to take command of the new regiment. Carrying the commission, Francis Shaw traveled to Virginia to speak with his son. Robert Shaw was hesitant to take the post as he did not believe that authorities would send the unit to the front lines and he did not want to leave his fellow soldiers. Finally, he agreed to take the command. On February 6th, he telegraphed his father with the decision. He was 25 years old. The command came, the rank of colonel, and the position of regiment commander. Shaw arrived in Boston on February 15, 1863, and immediately assumed his position. He was a strict disciplinarian, determined to train the men to high standards. Fast forwarding to the Second Battle of Fort Wagner, Colonel Shaw and the 54th Regiment were placed under the command of General Quincy Adams Gilmore and sent to South Carolina to take part in the second attempt to take Charlestown. To do so, they would have to capture Fort Wagner, which defended the southern approach to the harbor. A significant Confederate garrison had been stationed there. The fort was well armed with an assortment of heavy guns. The overall strength of the defenders was underestimated by the Union command. The Union effort was supported by two other brigades, but the approach was narrow and only one regiment could attack at a time. At the battle on July 18, 1863, the 54th approached the fort in the late afternoon and then waited out of range for a night assault. After a heavy bombardment from the sea, the 54th charged forward to take the Confederate batteries. Shaw led his men into battle, shouting, Forward, 54th! Forward! The 54th crossed the moat and scaled the muddy hill of the outer wall. With the cessation of the naval bombardment, the largely intact Confederate garrison left their bomb-proofs and resumed their position on the walls. In the face of heavy fire, the 54th hesitated. Shaw mounted a parapet and urged his men forward, but was shot through the chest three times. By witness testimony of the unit's color sergeant, his death occurred early in the battle, and he fell on the outside of the fort. Some Confederate reports claim his body was hit as many as seven times. The fighting continued until 10 p.m., and the Union forces withdrew, having suffered heavy losses. Among the fatalities were General George Crockett Strong, mortally wounded, Colonel 
Hardiman S. Putnam, shot and killed instantly, and Colonel John Lyman Chatfield, mortally wounded. Shaw's 54th Regiment suffered the heaviest losses. Two sons of Frederick Douglass, Lewis, and Charles Douglass were in the 54th Regiment at the time. Lewis was wounded shortly after Shaw fell and retreated with the rest when the force withdrew. Following the battle, commanding Confederate General Johnson Haygood returned the bodies of other Union officers who had died, but left Shaw's body where it was for burial in a mass grave with the black soldiers. Haygood told a captured Union surgeon that, quote, had Shaw been in command of white troops, he would have returned Shaw's body and was cust- as was customary for officers instead of burying it with the fallen black soldiers. Although this gesture was intended as an insult by Haygood, Shaw's friends and family believed it was an honor for him to be buried with his soldiers. Efforts had been made to recover Shaw's body, which had been stripped and robbed prior to burial. His father publicly proclaimed that he was proud to know that his son was buried with his troops, befitting his role as a soldier and a crusader for emancipation. In a letter to the regimental surgeon, Lincoln Stone, Frank Shaw wrote, We would not have his body removed from where it lies, surrounded by his brave and devoted soldiers. We can imagine no holier place than that in which he lies, among his brave and devoted followers, nor wish for him better company. What a body guard he has. After the war, the Union Army disinterred and reburied all of the remains, including presumably those of Colonel Shaw at the Beaufort National Cemetery in Beaufort, South Carolina. Their gravestones were marked as unknown. Shaw's sword has been stolen from the first gravesite, but was recovered in 1865 and returned to his his parents. It, It disappeared after being passed down with the family. In June 2017, it was discovered in a family attic of Mary Minturn Wood and brother Robert Shaw Wood, descendants of Shaw's sister Susanna. They donated it to the Massachusetts Historical Society. Well, it goes without saying that uh, Colonel Shaw, incredible hero. When when I see his name and I see his story, I think of leader. He was a leader. His troops loved him. He was hard on his troops, but he had to be for the situation they were in. They were doing something that hadn't been done before. And And in keeping high standards for his troops... He was treating them as equals, no different than other troops were treated at that time. He was hard on them because he saw them as as equals, as equal soldiers. And I think that is really the message to me that stands out. And the fact that Colonel Shaw came from a, a prominent family, he had money, he was leading this, leading these men because he felt so strongly about what it meant, charging, trying to take a beachhead trying to take a fort, leading the way so that his troops would follow him. He was killed in action, and I do think uh, it, it is, uh, it goes without saying there, the end, the part where he was buried with his soldiers. It meant as an insult, but when you look at it uh, more deeply, and his, and his family even said it, it was a tremendous honor to be buried with the men that he led. Uh, that's truly inspiring stuff. I, I, I don't know, I don't know what could be more inspiring what could really get you going 
uh, more on a Monday than to hear that type of story. And if you haven't seen the movie, I know we're not just going to do movie reviews here, and but but it's based on a true story. I think uh, the the final scene, the attack uh, on the fort, uh, really did, really really did a good job. I mean, the violence of it, uh, just what was going through their minds as they're doing this, especially Colonel Shaw. And so uh, I do want to raise a glass to Robert Gould Shaw, an incredible person, incredible man, um, not without faults, but none of us are, I'm sure. Uh, it's just a tremendous leader. Uh, I know it's not possible, sir, but if it were possible, you are someone I would love to sit down and have a beer with, and not just by the first round, sir, but every single round. So God bless uh, Robert Gould Shaw, his other officers who led the, the brave men of the 54th Massachusetts Regiment. And if you haven't seen the movie, guys, Go check it out. If you've seen it, if it's been a long time, go see it again. And I always encourage you, please look up some of these names of, of, uh, of the things these people did. I think uh, we will all be better off for that, whether it be a video, a Wikipedia, just anything. I think uh, we got to continue to honor people like this on our weekly segment that we're going to do every single Monday from here on out. Suds with studs. Okay, before we get going here, there is something I got to tell you guys. I, I need to uh, admit something. I need to kind of get this off my chest. I wasn't quite sure when I was going to tell you guys this. It's uh, it, it's something I've struggled with um, over time and something that um, I got to admit wasn't good for me. And in looking back, uh, maybe there were some good, good times, good experiences and everything, fun moments, memories, this and that. Um, but but there is something that, uh, you know, I was I, I was experiencing and and part, participating in that was not very good for me, and it, it, like I said, it was something that was fun, and I look back on it and a lot of fun memories, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, victories, we'll say, a lot of uh, happy nights, some sad nights, a lot of that stuff. I just something I want to get off my chest. Um, you know, it's been not quite a year, um, but but I got to tell you guys that that there was something that was kind of controlling my life for a short while, and um, I'm happy to say that I am moving on from it, or I have moved on from it, and I'm not looking back by any means, and it's it's something that I'm uh, very proud of. And uh, I'm looking forward to the actual day where I can celebrate one year of this. But um, I'm happy to say that I've been sober from the National Basketball Association for almost a year now. Um, I have a new lease on life. I feel that it was something that was bad for me and I didn't know it. And I hit a breaking point with it. As you guys are well aware, a few months ago, I talked about being done with the NBA and uh, I quit cold turkey and, it, and I, I didn't know if it would be easy or not, but I, I broke away from it and um, I feel at peace. I'm very happy about it. Um, I was a huge Laker fan and NBA fan in general, not quite as much as the NFL um, and uh, even Major League Baseball and all these other things, but I found other substances that are better for me. You know what? That that aren't as uh, toxic, we'll say. 
um, you know, hockey and fighting and even golf and NASCAR, they, you know, they, they have their issues too. They, they maybe don't give you quite maybe the buzz that the NBA does or did in, in my previous years, but they get me by. They really do. So um, I don't know if I'm going to get a coin made or anything, but I'm incredibly happy to be uh, almost a year sober from the NBA because uh, the NBA is rather toxic. And I see news stories about it. I have not watched a, an NBA game in quite some time. And that's tough coming from a lifelong Laker fan. And yes, I know everyone. Oh, you're a Laker fan. Everyone's a Laker fan. No, no, I was I was a Laker fan in the 90s there with Nick Van Exel and Eldon Campbell, Vladi Divac, Cedric Sabalos, the Cal State Fullerton alum. Uh, those are the Lakers I grew up with. And then, of course, the Shaq and Kobe years and everything. But anyway, those days are behind me. Uh, you know, we all have to put toys aside as we grow older and, and, and things that are bad for us, we have to eventually uh, walk away from, I think. And sometimes the first part of recovery is admitting uh, that you have a problem. And I did have a problem and I was getting fed up with the NBA and um, I've walked away and I, I felt uh, I felt extremely good about it. So to anyone else out there struggling with maybe an addiction to the NBA or basketball, maybe, I mean, there's other options. There's other options, guys. There's there's things you can uh, th- that you can uh, participate in or maybe watch that uh, a placebo, if you will. College basketball is not bad. I mean, there's there's other sports out there. I know the diehard basketball fans. It, it's tough to walk away from that stuff. But uh, like I said, I've been sober for almost a year now from the NBA and could not be more happy. Um, I'm going to keep that going for sure. However, having a podcast and a podcast that talks a little bit about sports. Um, I will, you know, give my two cents occasionally on uh, some things that are going on in the NBA because they always seem to be uh, having some type of story or uh, something going on. And, you know, (laughs) I can't believe this happened in the state of Texas, but Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, decided to not have the national anthem played this year. And you could say, well, there's no... There's no fans in the building, or I don't know if there are fans. Texas, I would think, has some fans. Um, but that was the big solution to stopping people from kneeling for the anthem. And it and what's funny is, if Mark Cuban came out and said that, well, we didn't like what the anthem was kind of uh, causing a divide amongst people, so we just decided not to play it. I would almost buy that excuse. But Mark Cuban is a coward. He didn't make any kind of announcement about this. He just started doing it. We're just not going to play the anthem because we don't feel the anthem represents all of us. What in the heck does that mean? Well, doesn't represent all of us. It's the United States national anthem. Well, I've heard all kinds of arguments. Well, Matt, you know, there's other lyrics in there that aren't, that aren't, uh, uh, that aren't that aren't uh, in, in other verses and, and things that you know sh- are shameful. Okay, we don't; those aren't part of the <laughs> of the actual national anthem that we sing and are proud of our country for and everything. Probably for a reason. Someone in there was like, "Hey, we this part we should probably leave out." So there was a conscious decision made to leave that part out. And I find it hilarious that. People that make these type of arguments have no issues about singing other lyrics in, in, in songs. No issues about that. All this talk about we got to do better as a society and everything. And then, for instance, some of the 
uh, people that are out on halftime shows and big concerts and everything. Some of their lyrics are appalling. I don't even want to, I mean, the Cardi B's of the world. She wants to lecture on morality all the time. Look at some of the lyrics in her songs. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the national anthem. I'll kind of move forward here, but um, doesn't represent everyone in the community. Um, Land of the free, home of the brave. That does seem rather divisive. Land of the free. So meaning people who are free and home of the brave. There are rather brave, a lot of brave people. I think we have this uh, misconstrued idea what real bravery is now. Apparently kneeling for the national anthem is now the new, uh, the new bravery. Um, you know, I, I hear that I hear that the conversations, the debates about the national anthem, and and I always think back to the people that fought and died for this country. Had they known, had the guys at Normandy or the guys in the Civil War, the the the, the Massachusetts Fighting Fifty Fourth uh, that we talked about today in Suds with Studs, had they known that one day we would be arguing about this stuff? ignoring the patriot like pushing us to be patriotic now is evil and to be to look back on our faults as americans and our history i don't know if those guys would have given their lives for us i don't know if if you could have told them gone in your delorean in your time machine hey you guys are about to storm this beach right now i know you're doing it for freedom and for you know uh liberty and to rid the world of tyranny or, or hey uh fighting 54 with massachusetts i know you guys are going to charge this beachhead here try to take this confederate fort but here's what you got to realize is later on down the road americans aren't going to be grateful for your sacrifices they're actually going to um excuse the term piss on your graves because they're ungrateful to this american country that has given you so much that's what they're going to do with the national anthem not only are they going to kneel and protest uh, equality. But they're also going to just be rid of the national anthem and just push it aside. Now, so so you tell those guys in, in the landing crafts, and they're probably as scared and terrified as they were, and knowing most of them were going to die, they'd probably be like, uh, maybe we should turn this boat around. Maybe we shouldn't carry this American flag as we charge into cannon fire. But no, those men fighting 54th Massachusetts, they carried a flag. One of our first episodes we did of Suds with Studs was William Harvey Carney. First black man to win the Medal of Honor who refused after being wounded multiple times to let the American flag touch the ground. Now the American flag is offensive? Now the national anthem is offensive? How did you make all your money, Mark Cuban? In the, in the horrible country that is America? No, you were able to make your money from living a great life in America. To the NBA stars who kneel for the national anthem, Howard, how did you make all your millions of dollars? Does, does the NBA magically playing games in another country I don't know about? Besides Toronto, of course. No, no, that no. Oh, the horrible country, the horrible, terrible American country that has all so much wrong about it is the same country where you're able to make millions of dollars by dribbling a basketball. The country that is so free that you can spit on it and you have that right to do that, which is horrible. 
just because you have a right to do something to burn an American flag, which is basically, in my opinion, it's almost the same thing. Match or overreacting. They're just not playing a national anthem. We don't play the national anthem before movie theaters. We don't play the national anthem before uh, other events. Well, sometimes we're in this, this moment in time where sometimes we need all these explanations. Sometimes things are just happen because that's the way it is. That's just, that's just the way it is. National Anthem has been played before sporting events. Shame on me for not knowing how that all started, but I got to imagine that in the world of competition, when something is about to go down between two opposing teams, that maybe it's a moment of unity where we come together before we bash heads. Maybe that's why. I don't know. I'll do some research and I'll look up the first time the national anthem was played and why is it played at sports? I'll do that. And I'm going to save some of this for the episode with Bill Barnes on Wednesday because I know that was one of his solutions was just don't play the anthem. I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean? How is that a solution? Just don't play the anthem. That's what Mark Cuban did. And there was some backlash. And I don't, the, the people from the great state of Texas, I don't know how you put up with this stuff. Okay. I know Texas is not as red, we'll say, as it used to be. All right, and by red, all I mean is uh, pa- patri- patriotic people. It seems like to believe in the American flag now, to believe in America, it's like shame on you. How can you be so proud of a country that has done so many horrible things? And people forget all of the great things. I'll give you an example. I've never been a parent. But for you parents out there, I am positive your kids have disappointed you at some point. I guarantee no kid is undefeated as far as being great in their parents' eyes. Not one. Yet there is this deep love for your children. Right? And I'll do it from a, a, a child perspective to my father, to my parents. Did my pa- Have my parents done things that have angered me, that have upset me when I was a kid or even as an adult? Disagreements? Maybe said th- whatever. We've had arguments. We said things to each other that shouldn't have been said, but they were said. And things you can't take back, you want to take back. All right, but the overall love of that person far goes above and beyond any of the mistakes that were made. And I love how people want to hold people from 200 years ago to standards of today. Like, that, that's absolutely ridiculous. That's like, let me think, what's a good solution? That's like um, wondering why Newt Rockney didn't run plays, uh, didn't call plays like Andy Reid. How come, how come he doesn't, uh, you know, how come he didn't call five wide and uh, throw, throw the ball, all these great routes? How come there was no Patrick Mahomes uh, during Newt Rockney's days? But that's how foolish it is to hold standards from way back when hold them to today's standards. Like we all know the history of America has plenty of uh, bumps and bruises, plenty of bad things, but you know what? You can't just ignore, just like you can't ignore those things. You can't ignore the amazing things that this country has been. You can argue, well, Matt, slave, they had slavery. It was hor- Okay, there was a lot of slavery around the world. America was one of the first ones to abolish it. 
Thousands of people died in a civil war to abolish it. And it was it was absolutely horrible. Slavery was awful. I cannot express that enough. And it, it, it gets me emotional knowing how many thousands of people died to, to abolish that. The fact that statues of Abraham Lincoln, who probably should have died of all the stress in the 1860s during the Civil War, during his presidency, of the decisions he had to make, all of that stress and everything, I don't know how he got through it, but to see statues of Abraham Lincoln, to see his name dragged through the water, through, dragged through the water, there's one of my famous slip-ups, to drag through the mud. I mean, it, it's, I, I, we are living in this world where everything is backwards. Everything is backwards. Every, and you know what, this whole cancel culture thing, you want to talk about double standards. Okay, I don't know much about Gina Carano. She's a former MMA, MMA fighter. I don't watch the Star Wars stuff. I don't. It's all the same stuff to me. I don't. I don't like it. But whatever. There's some huge fans out there. She made a comment that I. Okay, I was like, all right, it doesn't seem that bad, but I understand where people would be upset by it. I think she probably chose her words poorly. Not a not a great way to say what she was trying to say. First of all, I think it's usually, usually, not always, but usually a bad idea to ever compare things to uh, Nazi Germany and the Holocaust. You bring in any of that type of stuff, that's that you're playing with fire. That's not a good thing to do because that was one of the darkest uh, moments in the world's history. And what angers me is not only how many people were exterminated by the Germans, by the Nazis. Um, but any anytime somebody compares something to the Nazis, you're really, you are just like desensitizing how horrible and evil the Nazis were. How many times has President Trump been called a Nazi, been called Hitler? It's absolutely disgusting to do that because you're completely taking away from what really happened in the Holocaust. I don't think it's ever a good idea to make comparisons with World War II, Nazi Germany, and, and the Holocaust. It's just – that was one of the darkest moments in the history of the world. And there's been plenty of other things like that that occurred in Russia, that occurred in – Communist China that have, you know, there's been other atrocities, other genocides. It's, it's a scary thing to think about. And Gina Carano, her words, she should, she could have chosen her words better, but, but the media and the left are making her to be, to be this outspoken radical right wing. And it's like, wait a minute, what happened to the thousands of time that the left or the media has called Trump Hitler or called conservatives or Republicans Nazis. Where's all that cancel culture where, where this lady's been, and it's probably for the best that she's distanced herself or, you know, been kicked out of Disney, you know, or whatever, but you want to talk about double standards. 
I don't care. I say this all the time. I don't care where you stand. This idea that we just cancel people that disagree with us. Like, I don't understand that. I did not vote for Joe Biden. I did not vote for Barack Obama. I don't think people that did were evil or horrible people. That's their opinion. That's their political candidate they, they voted for. Why, why is it that one side of things is able to bash and violent and have violent hate speech? They get away with it. Look, look, there's a count. There's a million things, million examples. Uh, I saw one where, where I think it was an actor. He, he showed a wood chipper, a wood chipper with red coming out of it and basically said, uh, MAGA, put MAGA kids uh, head first in, in reference to the red hats. So basically, I mean, that guy seems to still have a job. Um, again, look up anytime you throw around the word like Nazi, uh, you better be careful because that's a strong charge. And an irresponsible charge if you just throw that around like it's no big deal. So the, the double standards of this country is unbelievable. I think some of her co-stars in the Disney Plus, they made some comments basically referencing America as Nazi Germany. They still have a job. How come they weren't at least slapped on the wrist or something? To me, what, what I saw from, from Gina Carano was her saying that Things can get escalate very quickly. And I didn't like how the, the words she used. I, I really don't. And, and a lot of people are saying, well, she's comparing the disagreements happening today to the Holocaust. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's probably a, a slippery slope. You got to be careful with those comparisons. All right, but some of some of this thing, this this witch hunt right now, think about it. There's this witch hunt for anyone that anyone that worked for President Trump, anybody that voted for President Trump. Cancel everyone. I don't remember that happening after the Clinton years, the Obama years, probably not after the Biden years. It only seems to happen after Republican years. George W. Bush. George W. Bush. War criminal. Lock him up. Okay. All right. Sure. It's just, there's there's two sides of the coin, people. You can't, this is why you got to be careful when you, when you criticize. Because if you're going to criticize something, you got to be able to look in the mirror too. You know, he who hasn't, what's this, hasn't sinned, cast the first stone. You have to be able to not just shout and scream at the top of your lungs. This is bad. This is... You know, tolerance, tolerance is such a funny word because everything the left accuses the conservatives of being, ironically, it's kind of what the left is. The, the, you know, think about it. Uh, conservatives, they're intolerant people. Whereas if you don't believe that phrase, then you're intolerant. It's like, what? Excuse me? I just look at the language sometimes, the language and the attitudes, the, the violent and the nasty language. It comes from the media. It's ugly. It's hateful. Sure, there's examples of things that are said by Republicans or conservatives. I There are. 
not say, again, far from innocent, but this attitude of you're wrong, I'm right, like, because I have different opinions than you, that that's just very troubling. So uh, again, it's inconsistent. We're going to call it out all the time. Everything seems backwards to me. The name calling, the whole, think of all the horrible, after the impeachment uh, trial yesterday, all the horrible things that people said, the blue check marks, those, 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 uh, you know, again, back to them. What would we do without the blue check mark uh, social media accounts? Man, all the things they're saying about, uh, you know, Trump and calling people fascists who didn't vote for uh, um, non-acquittal. What's the, or what's the other word? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little rambling here. But anyway, fascists, they're terrorists, they're insurrect. That's my favorite. They're insurrectionists. No one's an insurrectionist uh, all the other months of burning and rioting and looting. And, and oh, you, you don't call that out. Nancy Pelosi, 2011, actually supported people that were overtaking a capital in, uh, was it Wisconsin? I'm sorry, I don't have the, the facts in front of me there, but um, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting what is permitted, what is tolerated? This call, this this constant preaching about tolerance or lack thereof. And it's actually backwards. The people saying you're being intolerant are actually the intolerant ones. It's very interesting, at least to me. I see it every day and I'm just like, uh, you know what's also funny? Think about this. wrote this down. Think about cancel culture where we're currently at. Cancel culture, culture wants to cancel people for, forever for mistakes, right? However, I'm summarizing here. Sometimes a broad brush stroke, breath, broad brush stroke is not always uh, good. But I'm I'm throwing this out here. Think about it. The people who want to cancel people forever for mistakes. I would make an argument that most of those people are also in favor of letting criminals out of prison earlier. They're probably against the death penalty. They're, 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 they want to let people out of, of prison because their mistakes shouldn't cost them forever. Yet, someone sends a tweet that someone, it hurts their feelings, cancel them forever. What, where, what a world are we living in? This double standard world we live in is just so troubling. Tell me the rules and I'll play by them. That, that's... <laughs> That is all I want. Oh, but think about that. Cancel culture, same people probably that want to let people out of prison early and against the death penalty. There's something telling about that. I don't know what it is. And then being disappointed in your, you know, in your kids, uh, much to me, the comparison of uh, being disappointed in some of the things America has done, but ultimately um, you love your kids. You love your, uh, you love your family. And the violent speech that comes, uh, I'm sorry, from, from the, just look it up. Look up the constant violent, uh, we need to fight this, fight that, go out and abuse, uh, you know, get in the faces of people in, uh, in restaurants, blah, blah, blah. I also want to know this. Did you guys see any 
I, I I'm still looking. I got to do some scrolling for through the news and everything. Um, were there any celebrities um out there who bailed out any rioters from any rioters who were just uh excuse me arrested in the in the uh, Capitol riot on January sixth? Oh, you got oh there weren't any. Oh, okay. I say it because during the riots in in Minneapolis, um, there were a few celebrities who were bailing people out of jail, who were rioting, not protesters, rioters. You guys remember that? I sure do. So talk about the hypocrisy once again of celebrities like Gina Carano being canceled just for being having, let's be honest, she's a conservative. She said something she probably shouldn't have or, or could have rephrased it better. But it's nowhere near as offensive as some of the other things that we have seen from the blue checkmark world and celebrities, especially when celebrities openly, openly offered to pay the bail of rioters. That seems to be kind of brushed aside, hasn't it? Isn't that weird? Isn't that kind of odd? Will any celebs who bailed out rioters, will they be canceled? I doubt it. I'm not holding my breath. They just want to continue to make posts about how horrible America is and how uh, you need to release people in, uh, from prison who were just standing up for what they believed in by burning things and all, all and stealing things, those kinds of things. Uh, but someone sends a tweet, a tweet that they don't like. Well, that is that is incredibly horrible. Anyway, let me take a break. Step aside. I started recording this while Valerie is getting ready uh, as we're going to get a, get a bite to eat. We it's, it's crazy in California. You can do that. Now we are finally off a lockdown somewhat. Um, but she's getting ready. And I was like, well, how am I going to kill some time? Let me go and ramble into the microphone. So that's what I've been doing, but, uh, we probably got to get out on the road here and uh, get to where we got to go, but I'll be back. I'll be back with some more uh, opinions and some stories to, to wrap up a few things. Hopefully I'm not boring you guys too much, but, uh, yeah, just some of my thoughts, man hypocrisies and inconsistencies. It's really, really weird. Anyway, let me step aside, guys. I'll be back in just a short minute. Well, through the magic of editing, I'm back. Had a nice dinner with my lovely girlfriend, Valerie, as we celebrated Valentine's Day. It was a somber occasion as well, the 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 final Sunday with no football. She understands that. She she had a bigger smile on her face than usual. Uh, in, in all honesty, we don't get out much. So it was nice to uh, get together and spend some time together. That's what's really, really important. So happy to spend time with her and uh, take a pause and step away from the podcast briefly. But I'm back now. I'm here, guys. And a uh, couple more things to say. I, I kind of went off there for a second in the uh, first half, if you will. And I, I got to say that, you, you know, for those listening, I hope you all know that I'm not trying to push anyone away. I'm not, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm just, I'm just speaking my mind. I'm just sharing some opinions. I know I get texts every now and then or stuff about, you know, things, people disagree with what I say. They're just opinions, guys. We're just, we're just talking, sharing ideas. I mean, the, the, the day where only certain opinions matter. I mean, that's a scary time for our country. And, and that's, what's frustrating about things that are going on right now is that it seems like only one set of ideas is 
not just agreed with that it's allowed. I mean, certain opinions from certain groups of people are not allowed to be spoken right now. And it's a little scary. So um, I, I like hearing from people that I agree with, that I disagree with. I think it's important for us to kind of come to terms and come to formulate our own opinions, our own, our, our own belief systems. I, I know it has for me. Uh, I, I listen to some people that I disagree with or agree with on certain subjects. And I think it's healthy for all of us. So anyway, uh, no ill will, I will say. I've tried to say that before uh, from time and time again. But uh, yeah, that's that's just me rambling away here into the microphone, not trying to uh, push anyone away or whatever. But uh, I think those of you who listen to this podcast, you kind of know what to expect from me on a daily basis. And uh, yeah, I, I hey, I, I'm somebody that I hope, for those that know me, for those that know Matt Hersema, I hope you guys know that I'm somebody that uh, I really do like to get along with everyone. I'm it's it's fun to uh, to get along rather than fight and argue. That's way less fun. I don't quite understand it, uh, but it but it is what it is. So anyway, those are just some thoughts, guys, on that stuff. Uh, there was a story I saw that jumped out of me, and it was on ESPN, and I read it, and I haven't heard m- too much more about it, but it was Bluefield College forfeits. NAIA men's basketball game after players suspended for kneeling during the national anthem. I tried uh, doing a take on this a little earlier and it went a little longer than I wanted. So I'll just try to summarize for you guys. Uh, Bluefield college is an NAI school in Virginia. It forfeited a basketball game on Thursday of last week. And um, it was basically because the school president said that he didn't want players kneeling for the national anthem. He had warned them repeatedly um, they expressed their opinions why they wanted to do it. They spent some time in locker rooms before the national anthem. Anyway, it was just kind of a ticking time bomb, if you will. And at some point, uh, it resulted in the suspension of all players involved from the president. And, uh, the team had to forfeit uh, a game in the, the Appalachian athletic conference, uh, a game against, uh, Reinhardt university. So, um, what's interesting in this is that the school president, and if you guys want to check out the article, you know, be sure to to do so. Uh, just look up Bluefield College uh, forfeits, basically, and read the article. It's long, and there's some things in there I agree, I disagree with. But the school president, David Olive, he basically told the players, "Look, it. I can respect and appreciate what you're standing for. No pun intended. Actually, kneeling for, um, but." you have to understand that with alumni and donors and faculty and all of the above, when you do certain things, it can come across as a negative action, something that is disrespectful to the flag and the anthem. And, and of course the players didn't want to hear that. They were like, no, 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 this is for our other causes. We're just doing this. But this has been my whole point with, with all of this kneeling for so long is that, it creates chaos. It doesn't, it doesn't open anyone's eyes to uh, a grievance. In a lot of ways, it pushes people away. And that's unfortunate. And, and it, it's sad that people don't think they have a voice and that they have to go to an extreme like this to have their voice heard. So that I can, I can, uh, I can, I can respect and understand all right, but but we have to understand also that for some people, the national anthem, the American flag, those are sacred. As I mentioned in the first half, uh, the segment previous, like 
those are very sacred moments, traditions. Those are those are things that no matter what your cause is, if you kind of step over those, they're gonna they're gonna be uh, come across in a negative light. And so I think that's that's what the school president was trying to get across. Like, hey, I can let's talk about ways we can we can otherwise do this. And I don't know if you know his actions were a hundred percent on. And some people would say, oh well, you know that's First Amendment rights. How could he t- do that from the kids or whatever? But I'll say this: that when you are part of an institution, no one's forcing the players to be on that basketball team. No one is forcing anyone in the NBA or to be in the NFL. All right, but when you at any, take your job, I've said this before regarding this whole thing. When you're at a job, do you does your employee really want you making political statements during work, during work hours while you are in your work uniform or whatever? Probably not. I mean, maybe there's exceptions. So um now some would argue again with back to the national anthem controversy that in 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 kneeling, you're saying, well, there's no other options. This at least gets people's attention. But I gotta ask, is negative attention the attention that you want? Is negative attention better than no attention? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I'm not in I'm not in their shoes, so I I, I can't fully answer it without um without knowing kind of what they're going through. But all I know is when I want my point made. For instance, I'll, let me take an example here. Okay, when I'm when I'm arguing with Valerie, if we're having an argument, if I want my point to be made, it's up to me to remain to to uh, get my point across in a certain way. Sure, I could shout and scream, and but she might be turned off by that. If I'm shouting at her, is she really listening? Probably not. I know it's not the same thing. It's just an example that I came up with. I think approach always matters. Approach always matters, no matter what the situation is, how we get our point across. And this has been going on a long time. And this is why I was so angry a couple years ago when Colin Kaepernick started this stuff, because he's being, you know, heralded as a, as a martyr now. It's a martyr these days. Uh, and my, my, my brother Sam made a great point. You know, people talking about Kaepernick not being in the NFL, being blacklisted, right? Being blackballed, whatever the term they use. And I'll say this, if, uh, name anyone you want, one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, if one of them took a knee during the national anthem, and I think there probably has, it probably has been someone, would they have been kicked out of the league? Well, not kicked out of the league. Would they have been not re-signed by the league? I think your performance matters and where people want to make Colin Kaepernick a martyr, there's not one NFL team in the billion dollar industry that wouldn't bring someone in that could make their team better. I mean, guys like Antonio Brown find second chances, find teams. Are you guys telling me that people despise Colin Kaepernick so much that they wouldn't bring him in if he was if he was good enough? I just don't think that's true. The NFL, to a to a fault, I think, brings in people that have done some pretty awful things and get second, third, and fourth chances. Guys who have abused spouses, all those things. And yet, someone who disrespected the national anthem and caused, a, uh, caused it to be a popular movement, like 
NFL teams wouldn't hire him. First of all, he got another chance too. He got another chance by having the tryout. He decided to change it on his own. Say, hey, I'm not, I'm not doing it here. We're doing it over here. He didn't want, let me be, let me tell you this. He doesn't want to be back in the league. He wants to be a martyr. He's not a martyr, but uh, that's the only term I can use. To me, that that is very disrespectful to those who have been martyrs in the past. And, and to make million, I mean, to make all those millions too, who wouldn't, who wouldn't sign up to be that kind of martyr too? That's a whole other subject. And I know we're getting away from everything, but I thought the national anthem was relevant today, not only with the Mark Cuban thing, but then with Bluefield College. Um, it's just crazy. And, and I'll tell you this, look at, you can agree or disagree with the president of the college, but I will say this, the leftist progressive movement, right? It's called a movement. It's called progressive. First of all, it's funny how they change the names of things so that they kind of fit better, right? Isn't that kind of funny? If something doesn't fit a oh, global warming, well, the earth's not getting, oh, I mean, uh, climate change. Let's let's change the, the term so that it fits better. But anyway, the whole progressive, that sounds a little bit more positive, right? Than liberal. First of all, liber- liberals aren't a huge issue. I think the far left, the extreme woke progressive movement, that's more of the issue here. You can you can have a conversation and talk with liberals. They just disagree on a few issues. But liberals believe in free speech, freedom for all, equality. Not not equity. They believe in equal opportunities, not equal results. Because if you say equal results, that kind of uh, that doesn't always say that things are fair, does it? You do need to have uh, fair play, common sense, and fair play. That was something in officiating that was a big catchphrase for me and a few few of my buddies when it when we'd be breaking down rules and stuff because there'd be all these new rules and everything it was always something that got tossed around hey common sense and fair play and even if the rule was like not followed to a t exactly it was like what is the what is common sense and fair play in this situation and so i think if we kind of followed that standard in life i think things would be a lot better common sense and fair play all right. Everybody has 10 yards for a first down. Not 11, not nine, 10. Common sense and fair play. Anyway, um, where was I? I got all over the place. What was I talking about? Oh, sometimes these shows by yourself are a little more difficult when you just get to get to rambling and everything. Okay. Anthem, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to wrap it up here shortly because, uh, Oh, it's time to wind down for the weekend and start another week. It's crazy, man. It's very, very crazy. Um, let's see. So yeah, a big, a big game I like to play. And and I want you guys to to try this out. Seriously. I, again, wherever you stand on any issue, I want you guys to play this game. It's called the Can You Imagine game. And I get the Can You Imagine from a great radio talk show host here in Los Angeles, Larry Elder. He is, uh, he's fantastic, but he always says, can you imagine uh, if the shoe was on the other foot, basically? He always takes a situation and flips it on its head. Basically, as an example, Democrats in the Senate are shouting, um, you know, we need to fight. You, you fight these, you fight these people. We will take everything back. Um, 
and the whole, can you imagine game? Can you imagine if President Trump had said that? Or uh, can you imagine if uh, some, you know, one football player says something and you're like, well, can you imagine if this player said that? Try it sometime. Next time you are in a situation or hear of a new story or something, uh, take take the take the roles of the the people involved and flip the script and see if maybe the media would have the storylines that it does or the agenda or whatever. It'd be it'd be interesting. It would be interesting to say the least. Uh, I don't know if you guys totally understand what I mean there, but when when you hear uh, news stories out there whether it be uh, conflicts with the police or um, politics, whatever the case is, I don't know, uh, coaching hires, uh, just quotes. A lot of times it comes through quotes, things people say. And you can always ask yourself, wow, can you imagine if the roles were reversed here, if there would be either an outcry or if there would be silence? And I think that speaks volumes to where we're at in the country these days. Pretty crazy stuff, man. That's, uh, ugh. So I got to tell you. Anyway, enough out of me. I got to step away, guys. Talked long enough. I know it's been a uh, quite the Monday, but I hope you got something out of today's uh, podcast, whether it's me rambling away about the national anthem. Hopefully you enjoyed the suds with studs uh, in, in our in our talk about uh, Colonel Shaw, Robert Shaw, Robert Gould Shaw, that is. And, uh, you know, some of the other things out there that I just had to get off my chest. And again, I'm not trying to push anyone away, just trying to be. You know, just speaking out outside the box, thinking outside the box and speaking my mind here on a Monday. So I hope you guys are off to a great start to your week. Let me take a sip of water and uh, come back and finish off the show here on uh, our Monday morning episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, that's enough for me today, guys. I really appreciate you tuning in today on the Get Home Safe podcast. As we start off another week of episodes, we'll be back on Wednesday with the weekly Wednesday weigh-in and the legendary one and only Bill Barnes, the retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire. He will be joining us from an undisclosed location. Uh, but I want to tell you, he goes to all lengths really to be on this podcast. So I hope you guys can truly appreciate Bill Barnes. And I know most of you tune in uh, on Wednesdays to hear him. Uh, and it's usually our most listened to episode of the week. So thank you for uh, in advance for tuning in. If you have any questions for me, I know this is coming out on Monday. Um, I'm going to record with him on Tuesday morning probably. So be sure to get those questions or uh, comments in for the uh, the one and only Bill Barnes as we'll put out another fun episode on Wednesday and the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. On Friday, we are going to be joined by a very special guest. I've already recorded the episode. It's a rather long one. It's someone that uh, most of you out there uh, listening will know and uh, will really appreciate. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that episode. I'm not going to tell you yet who it is. I want you guys to tune in on Wednesday and at the very end of the episode with Bill Barnes, I will be sure to let you know who our guest will be on Friday. And if not, be sure to look out on social media for uh, some of the 
announcements and pictures and uh, information about upcoming guests. We've kind of stopped doing it, you know, the promoting it on, you know, Mondays or, or Wednesdays. We just put out the episodes Mondays and Wednesdays because you know what to expect. It's usually just me on Mondays or Bill Barnes on Wednesdays and Fridays is usually the unique episode, right? So that's why we put out a picture on Thursdays to inform you guys as to who is coming on and give a brief description of who that person will be. So if you don't wait until the end of the Bill Barnes episode on Wednesday, be sure to look for uh, the post on Thursday on our various social media platforms. Those social media platforms are our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We, we would love to hear from you. So shoot us an email or a message on social media regarding uh, questions, content suggestions, or just say hello. Tell us I'm dead wrong about something. Whatever the case may be, it would be great to hear from you guys, just like you hear from us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here at the Get Home Safe Podcast. Hope everyone had a great weekend and uh, is enjoying the start to this new week. I can't believe uh, we are, uh, let's see, halfway through the short month of February. It's uh, pretty wild, a rather short month here in February, and it'll be March before you know it. March Madness, right? We'll actually have some college basketball to watch this year, which will be uh, very refreshing. It's been far too long and looking forward to that here in the near future. Well, guys, that's enough out of me. Thanks for tuning in today and starting your week off with us here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. (music) 